0: You're listening to Magrito Podcast Network, celebrating the culture of Chicanos and Latinos one story and voice at a time. Connect on social on Instagram and Facebook at magrito. Find all the Magrito Podcast Network shows over at magrito.net.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in for another episode of the Emo Brown, the saddest Mexican podcast. Brought to you by the wonderful people at Grasshopper. For all your medicinal recreational needs, reach out to the big fellas at Grasshopper. And of course, as always, Grito Industries. Thank you for taking us under your wing and amplifying our sound, taking it to the next level. Cool guest today, first time meeting her, (laughs) gonna get to know her story, what her plans are for our fair city here in Chula Vista. Ladies and gentlemen, Miss Encarnacion. There you are, look at you.
0: Yeah, thank you for having me.
1: It's different when we're on the phone and then getting to know you and then kind of bringing you in and then kind of like rehashing, hey, we talked about this last time, but now I am like see you, I can put a face to the name, to the voice, to the ideas, to the movement. Yeah. Zanita, tell us a little bit about yourself.
0: Yeah, well, I think you said that. I'm Zanita Encarnacion. I am running for mayor of Chula Vista, Look which is, I you. think, why I'm here, right?
1: Indeed, indeed. <laughs> Anybody who wants to take a power position in our city, we want to make That's sure right. we, we talk to them and say, well, what's on your mind? Yeah. What's your plans with our city?
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I um, have lived in Chula Vista since 2004, and um, I've actually listened to some of your past
1: podcasts. Oh, nice.
0: And so- um,
1: And you still decided to come on, and, out uh, of and you. I did, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm shaking over here, I <laughs> um, but I love Chula Vista. I mean, I grew up and I think we talked about this when we talked on the phone. I grew up in East County um, and, um, you know, young teenage parents who pretty much uh, moved away from their extended family into Chula, uh, East County, which 20 years ago um, was very different than it is now. And so we were uh, removed from our support system um, and we were in a community that didn't look like us. Um, and um, there is a very few folks in the community that actually did look different shades of us, and so we all kind of congregated together, but what that does is it, it gives you a feeling of disconnection for sure. your community. Indeed. And my husband, who I um, married 20... 20- three years ago, um, he grew up in San Isidro. And so when we got married, we moved down to South County, San Isidro, And I just fell in love with all of South County um, because you get that connection yeah. like immediately. And I hear you talking about that in your past podcast.
1: I, 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 my only experience obviously is here in South San Diego, like Chula Vista and Paradise Hills. And sometime in San Ysidro, my grandma would take care of us down there. But I see what you're saying about East County. Once upon a time when our brewery was you know, birthed, we we decided to take our- Talents to, to santee that was the only spot that was available so there was another brewery that kind of took us under their wing find made ales and kind of showed us the ropes kind of cut our teeth on how to brew commercially taking our game from home brewing to the next level but yeah ultimately i'm i'm from chula vista and it's in that says a lot when you say you're from chula vista because down here things are different you know yeah. so i wanted to make sure if i'm spending time energy focus it was going to be in my own community fortunately the brewery is like three blocks from my house, That's amazing. you know? So when you say you fell in love with the South County, I know, I know all about it. You know, I, I can't see myself going anywhere else. Anytime we go on vacation, I'm always like, oh, just, this isn't like Chula my no. wife, my <laughs> wife gets annoyed. Like, dude, we're like, in we're, we're in Rome. It's like, yeah, I get it, but mm, I need a, nice, I need nice a burrito. Visit, right? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm always counting the days on coming back. God. So you moved down here, 2004.
0: Yeah, two thousand four is. I, we bought our home in Chula Vista. We uh, moved down to South County in mm-hmm. nineteen ninety eight. You nice. know, we're Filipino, and so when we got married, we moved in with our. With his parents kind of what you do to save up and and purchase your own
1: that's weird that sounds very mexican (laughs) 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 Um,
0: we bought a townhouse in san isidro and then we ended up kind of like slowly moving our way into chula vista but our life was in chula vista our friends were here our church was here everything was here and so we kind of had the feeling like when we get to chula vista well we know we made it
1: it's such a tight-knit community yeah even san isidro paradise hills National City, Imperial Beach, all of these little communities that are here in South San Diego, Bonita, East Chula Vista, same thing. Like we used to live in East Chula Vista and, and then the opportunity to move back to the West Side. When we had kids, I was like, you know what? This would, I feel it would be better suited to raise our, fam- our little family here on the West Side. Everybody knows each other. Yeah. There's front yards. You get to talk to people when they walk. Mary's our neighbor. Yes. You know, Miss Mayor Mary's been on here a few times. She walks by the house. So it's like, there's that sort sense of communal and i felt it on the east side of chula vista but for me it was more like you know anchored down root down here on the west side businesses are over here for us so it just makes more sense yeah. but that south county embraces that that mentality so south when
0: county's family right i mean whether you're in national city san isidro ib you've gone to school with somebody you've grown up with someone you've been to a cousin's house of somebody you you there's always like, we talked about Kevin Bacon separation that, you know, degree of separation where- If
1: you sit three people from Chula Vista down, yeah, after you rattle off two or three names, you're gonna be like, oh, okay, I know that person. Yeah. I mean, it, we're big. You know, I, 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 I want to say maybe a like 300,000 population, Almost. right? Roughly, Almost. yeah. that's a big city. But I feel more often than not, people know it. It's, it's a small town in a big body city, you know. Like and yeah. it's and it, I like that. I, well, I I enjoy that.
0: And when you work, I've worked regionally mm-hmm. right for years, and and there is a, a feel. And anyone who comes into this community will, will tell you who's not used to working here will say there's something different about South County. Like people are so. Familiar, people hug, right? People kiss, Well, <laughs> oh, pre-COVID,
1: Pre-CO- BC, before <laughs> Pre-COVID. COVID. <laughs> yeah.
0: Please don't be hugging and kissing people anymore. But um, you know, people, they, they connect to that. They know what we kind of take for granted when we live here is that there's just this feeling of family in South County, regardless of where you came from, because you know somebody and there's connections, there's shared lived, ex- lived experiences. Um, it's it is what when I fell in love with it. It is what I wanted for my son because I didn't have that growing up, right? So when you when you have those experiences of what what I had growing up, and then you come into this beautiful community, and you're like, oh, like I'm, I feel a little completed here, right? I have a community. I ha- there are people who may not agree with each other, and you you know probably been there yourself, but if you know they need help. This community comes together, and they'll help, and and that's beautiful. That's not necessarily how it is in the region. It's um, can be much more transactional okay. in relationships um, outside, but here, um, you know, your relationships are the most valuable um, um, aspect, I think, of life in Chula Vista.
1: So now you want to parlay these experiences mm-hmm. and take yes. it to the big screen. I you want to? Why run for mayor?
0: Oh my God. <laughs>
1: loaded question.
0: It's such a loaded <laughs>
1: question.
0: Um, and it's a good question. So I've worked in this community for 20 years. I moved here 2004. I worked for Steve Padilla the very first time I uh, moved in here. He was mayor at the time and I was his constituent services manager, which means I handled all the community issues, community relations, helped navigate um, questions. It
1: all landed on your desk, huh?
0: Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it was my very first time working for an elected official. Um, And so it was a learning experience, but I'll tell you, I fell in love at the first year of living in Chula Vista where I wanted to move, right? I then fell in love deeper, getting to know all the people, the different communities, the different needs. Um, And so- from that experience, which was probably about I think a little less than two years, because he did not win reelection, and that's a whole nother podcast you should invite him for.
1: <laughs> he's been on here before, and he we went down that rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah. it was good dude, such a vast background for him, and all oh the things that he said. He was in, the, he was a detective. Right? He was. Yeah. It, was oh, it's a good. You know yeah. what? I might have to bring him in again. Yeah, <laughs> you should.
0: You should totally do that. Um, he's got
1: new goals too. Yeah, he does. <laughs> Big <laughs> goals,
0: <laughs> bigger than mine. <laughs> um, but so I left that experience a little jaded on politics. With, in all honesty, and sounds like. you're you know why, um, but I fell in love with this community. I fell in love with local policy. I fell in love with the power that we as individual community members have when we have knowledge really to affect change and, and create and make this community better, right? Just continuing making it better. So for the last 20 years, that's what I've done. I've been um, deeply involved in this community through philanthropic community. I love the fact that your foundation, cause I've done the Chula Vista community foundation for many years Nice, um, and um, I've never thought about running for office. So so why are you running for mayor is really a good question that I got asked a lot early on, even though people had asked me to run over the years. Um, but I'll tell you, I decided to run for mayor because I saw the uh, divisiveness this mm. last four years um, and it's getting longer now and it hasn't gone away. We thought once, you know, a certain president left office, we'd, it'd be gone, but it's not. Um, what it did was it really... Um, you know, stirred up all the darkness on the bottom of the pot that we have in this nation that kind of just started rising to the surface. It was always there, right? But now all of a sudden it's been empowered to come to the surface.
1: There's a positive to that too. You know, sometimes oh, you, you you need to uproot certain things absolutely. and see exactly where, what's going on, what yeah. needs more attention, you know?
0: The, the, the positive, you're, you've are hit it spot on. The positive is you're never going to get rid of it mm. if you don't bring it to the surface and like dump it out of the pot, Right. <laughs> Um, but I saw that, right? And I was getting frustrated. Um, I knew Mary was turning out. I was, um, we saw it come into our community. If you remember a couple of years ago where mass resistance was a hate group that came in here in response to drag queen story time.
1: I do remember that. That was yeah, huge. Huge. Right? For me, somebody, you know, I'm ignorant when it comes to these things. You know, I'm not very political. But when I saw that people were, Protesting this at the Chula Vista Library, you know, I sat down with my wife and we were like, "Why do you think people are protesting this?" You know, like, ah. would we have our kids go and join? And we're like, yeah. "Yeah." I mean, one thing I love about Chula Vista is that we're extremely diverse. Yeah, you know, once upon a time I was in high school, many, many, many years ago, <laughs> decades. <laughs> I can say decades ago now. I was in high school, and we—I went to Bonita High School. I always seemed to pimp. I said, "Hey, Benita Vista High School, That's we're she. barons." Um. We were voted most diverse school like in in Southern California. And I want to oh, say it yeah. across the country. I was always brought up around different cultures. So I don't bat an eye when I see something that's different than yeah. what I know. But that same mentality now that I'm a parent still living in the same community. Yeah. And this demographic of people protesting another demographic for me kind of was like, that doesn't make sense. You know, that's a square peg in a round hole just because I want to, I, I don't, care about my kids going and and listening to somebody tell them a story why should it bother somebody else and if it bothers you why do you feel so compelled to scream it from the rooftops and raise such a ruckus and and i guess kind of like disrupt what they're doing and what we're bringing forth i don't know to me it just doesn't make sense wifey and i sat down it's like i have no issue for them, and that's that's the issue that i always bring to every table every conversation is like so long as it really doesn't impede the way i'm raising my child and the safety of my child Well,
0: and here's the thing if you don't what anyone's free to have any indeed right so so don't if you haven't a strong opinion against it don't go yeah like stay at home keep your kids no but i have
1: to tell you (laughs) zanita i don't like it because of this that and then for me that's where it's like the disconnect happens like okay i get it you know i'm not gonna go knock on your door and preach something to you if that's not what you want to hear and the same turn i expect you not to do the same to me yeah. I'm not going to be rude to you if you do. I'm just going to say, oh, you know what? We're not interested. Oh, but it's the best Girl Scout cookie. You know what? I'm not I'm not interested but in this Girl Scout cookie. It,
0: it was more than... it. it drag Queen Storytime became a tool
1: because
0: mm. it really wasn't about Drag Queen Storytime um, if you were part of that. And I was. So I have a, a son who's transgender. And um, I... Helped organize the counter protest, right? Like, how do we protect our families who are who, who have decided, who have made a personal choice that they're going to expose their kids to diversity, right? And, and and stories about being different and how it's okay to be different, right?
1: How is there anything wrong with that? I know. How is? Me. Uh-huh. I, I, I just
0: I just stop. Like sometimes you can't even reason with folks.
1: But, Knowledge is power. <laughs> So knowledge is knowing your surroundings and everything that is involved in your surroundings. And that gives you a better platform from which to learn and process. I don't understand why people would view this as such a bad thing. I don't know if
0: Mary talked to you a little bit about what happened after that. That was its big thing. But then every Tuesday at council meeting- mass resistance would organize 20, 25 people at the council and they have to listen. Cause that's what, you, as elected leaders, you have to listen to the public. And, and it's not, you have to, you get to, right? Yeah. You get to listen to everybody's opinion. I'm
1: fortunate enough to have the opportunity to listen exactly. to everybody shit on me for the next 20, <laughs> exactly. 30 minutes. Thank you.
0: And um, you can't say anything back. And you can't say anything. You got to
1: take it like a champion.
0: And, and so there's, there's, and I'm a big respecter for like the public input process. And, and because I truly believe like even some of the most saltiest voices, Right, are needed, right? Because there's there's perspective, there learning opportunities, learn from. absolutely. From a
1: salty perspective, that's probably the best place to learn absolutely. something new. Like, okay, whether it's how to approach that situation, how to take the positives from it. It's all right. I but, see where you're coming from.
0: But when you're coming down to council with horrible pictures, mm. and you're calling whole groups of populations degenerates, um, pedophiles, and um, and um, tearing down their character, and particularly mayor. Dallas and Steve Padilla, um, because of his LGBT status, um, that's when you know it wasn't really even about drag queen story time. It's about this larger, divisive, hateful narrative that we've seen flourish over the years. Um, and so that kind of probably back to your original question <laughs> why did I decide to run for mayor? I think that might have been one of the cherry on top for okay. me, where I'm like, first of all, this is our community, it's not who we are. Uh, the fact that we have council members on the the dais that pandered a little bit to them and and didn't call people out um, and didn't say, hey, you don't have to believe or agree, but what you're saying is inappropriate. We represent every member of our community. Every member. That means. All of the people that you're attacking, there are constituents, right? Because we have transgender people and LGBT people here in Chula Vista. So I think from a personal kind of visceral point, I, I think I it was like the straw that broke the camel's back. And I'm like, okay, I'm either going to be angry about this, or I'm going to step up and do something that I'm capable of doing, um, that I'm in a perfect position to do, but I'm uncomfortable doing it. And it's going to ask a lot of sacrifice of me, Um And I think we all will reach that point at some point, it may not be politics, it may be something else, where we're at this crossroads to say we know what the right thing to do is, but am I willing to... Um, put some skin in the game. Am I really to step out of my comfort mm-hmm. zone?
1: Don't just talk about because it, be of about the larger, it. Yeah. larger, like, like
0: this larger uh, value that I have. And I think I reached that tipping point <laughs> that year. Um, and that was right before we got locked down for COVID as well. Um, so my family and I, my son and my husband sat down and Mary had, had been asking me to run.
1: How long have you been, been approached to oh, throw your hat into the ring?
0: So much over there. Why what, do you think that is? Because people see, I do it. I ask people to run all the time because you see people who are um, passionate about their community. You see people who are effective at um, working with groups. You see people doing good things in the community and you're like, hey, you should run for office. We need people like you in leadership. And- Typically, the uh, response, which my response was for so many years, is hell
1: no. No, no, for sure. Like,
0: why the hell would I want to do that? Like, I'm having fun out here. I'm being effective out here. We're doing incredible, amazing things. Why the hell would I want to jump into a campaign? And subject politics?
1: yourself, subject your yeah. family, you know? Because it's not one of those decisions like in, I just finished watching the, the Netflix series Secession, where the older oh, yeah. brother just all of a sudden says, I'm going to run for president, and that's his new goal. I'm assuming that's not how it happened with you. You probably had to have many sit downs. Hey guys, this is what I'm planning on doing. And this is the positives. And this could be the negative uh, feedback that we get as a family. That's
0: exactly Ugh. what we did. We had that whole year. What a tough conversation to have. Uh, We didn't tell anyone Mm -hmm. I was even thinking about it because one of the things being involved in this community and having to work with elected officials, like having to like um, kind of go in and out of different spaces to be effective. um, I I know exactly what campaigns can be like. And so what I didn't want is I didn't want the noise of people knowing I was thinking of running for mayor to really interfere with uh, making a real sound decision that was right for me and my family. And so for that year, we talked about it like. For my son in particular, what does this mean for you? Are you comfortable? Like this puts our family under a spotlight, particularly you, right? Under a spotlight. Um, My husband, like we went through the- Which I think is
1: unfair, you know? You know, like even when um, President Trump was in office and you know, people would take shots at the kids, the younger kids, at least. The older kids, you know, they made the bed. You obviously know what you're doing, go for it. But the younger one, I was like, oh, that sucks. You know, you shouldn't be going at a minor, a young child and- Politics is dirty.
0: Politics? Which is, say, it, which, fair, which brings it you happens.
1: back to like, why? <laughs> oh my God. Yeah.
0: But you know what? It, so, back to the why is we decided when we ran through every scenario of why we wouldn't do it, we realized that every excuse was based in fear mm. fear of what might happen to us and all the reasons why we should do it we're about our community. We're about, um, the possibility, um, and really more of like an us all of a sudden it felt like a sense of responsibility yeah. to do it. Um, so once I made that decision, I, I think I said earlier, like once I made the decision, I'm like in it.
1: Right? All in, <laughs> yeah, all in. For sure. Um,
0: I don't have any doubts. Um, I know, um, this community really well. I love this community. I have the professional experience and executive leadership. Um, I've worked in, politics, I've worked in policy, I've worked in community, um, and I've worked across community, right, in those different spaces, and I've learned- Which is important. Oh my God. It's
1: very important. People
0: think the mayor is going to do it all. Well, no, the mayor has to be able to work with her council. Uh, The mayor is going to have to be able to work with our business leaders. We're going to need to work with our advocates. We're going to need to work with everybody, right, to move the city forward, and I think that's what um, this culture and probably the impetus for me to run is we don't see that as a norm. We don't we're starting to see less and less collaboration, less and less willingness to sit down with people and have difficult conversations, right? And maybe in that conversation still not agreeing on the the big issue, but I bet you there's a bunch of other things that you can (laughs) find common ground on and we're just not seeing a lot of You
1: can't find common ground with somebody. It's because you don't want to find common ground with somebody. I agree with you. you. Especially when you live in the same community, especially if if you're a parent in this community as the other person is a parent and you're raising children, there is more common ground than not. I'm sure there's certain ideals or certain beliefs that people are gonna, put their foot in the ground and not move, but everything else, there's common ground for us.
0: Oh yeah. Well, I'll tell you, i I'll, I've had just such interesting conversations with folks. So I have Republican friends, right? mm-hmm. older Republican friends. And, and, um, there was these three older, um, gentlemen who said, we want to have lunch with you. And I'm like, oh shit. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, they said, you know, you're a social issue candidate and we need to know you're more than just that. And so I listened, right. Instead of getting mad and getting defensive and like trying to you know, state my case, why social issues are so important, especially here in Chula Vista, Um, I listened and then I told them, yes, right? Um, And particularly for my son, I will go down fighting um, till the day I die to make sure that he lives in a community where he's safe and he feels welcomed. And that can't happen if he can't get a job here, if he can't afford to own a home here, right? So... Life doesn't happen in these buckets that I think people put them in like, oh, you're, you only care about this. Then that means you don't care about this. Well, actually real life doesn't happen that way. None of us, right? Yeah. Like our lives are intersectional and in every would say, single way. It's like way. a Venn diagram,
1: you know, it's a, there's the black, the white, and then there's that little sliver in the middle is the gray. Yeah. It's, it's unhealthy to be in just the black or just the white. You have to find, you have to tip your toes into, into the gray because I feel like that's where all of us as a majority Pretty much live.
0: That is our life. That's life. Yeah. <laughs> that's human nature. That's life. And um, and so that's that really is the crux of why I'm running is I want to make sure that that stays here in Chula Vista. I want to make sure that uh, the leaders who are on uh, the council, the mayor in particular, is able to lead people in a way and bring the right people together, uh, bring a lot of people together. I think our community, and I've heard it over the years, and you know, every time I've participated in a little venting about... Man, they don't even know what's going on out here, yeah. you know, and and I know that, right? And so I, um, I'm excited about the ability to be intentional in bringing our community voices to city hall. Um, if anything um, that I've learned in the 20 years that I've worked in this community is the community has the answers to a lot of the issues that we're facing we need to create space for them, right? We need a very educated community. Absolutely. And we're losing out on a lot of that intellectual capital because we're not finding ways to create space for people to come in. I mean, come on, going to a meeting at six o'clock and two or three hours after spending a whole day. That's (laughs) not like, we know we can do things differently now, especially with after COVID.
1: Miss Mary came out here and said, I'm backing Zanita, Zanita for Chula Vista. That's quite an accolade to have, you know, especially our present mayor coming out and supporting you and, and and throwing your hat into the ring and saying, I'm all in with her. I'm sure it comes with its own set of positive and its own set of negatives. Yeah. How has the process been for you since you and your and your family decided that, you know what, it's time to take this leap and run for mayor of Chula Vista?
0: Yeah, I think once you step into this space, any leadership space, um, you're not gonna make everyone happy. Um, people are gonna have a ton of opinions on what you should do and what you shouldn't do, what was right to say and what wasn't right to say. And then you add the layer of politics to mm. it and it becomes, I like I like to, uh, and I've said this before and I don't know, this may not be the right thing to say, but I'm gonna say it. It, it kind of turns into like a high school <laughs> dynamic, right? Where there's cliques, right? And parties and, and different cliques within the parties. And so it's like navigating
1: Are you saying politics that. is clicky? <laughs> I, I'm not
0: even gonna lie, it is. Um, and so it's like navigating all of that. Uh-huh. But I think that's that's part of leadership. I'm not gonna complain about it. Uh, I jumped in full force. Anybody as a leader, you know, as an owner, uh, uh, you are responsible for people. You're responsible for this business, um, and you're tasked with making tough decisions that ultimately you're accountable for. Um, so you can take all that input. Um, but you know, you're going to make some people mad, right? Some oh, yeah. people are not going to like you. Some people are not going to like me. Um, and that's okay. Right. Um, I'm focused on doing what's right by this community based on my values, based on what I have known the community, um, to, to have, um, shared values, but also, you know, the things that I've heard in the community for the last 20 years of the things that need to be fixed, the things that need to be worked on in this community, um, That's part of leadership. So yeah, I mean, certainly Mary's support has been incredible. People love Mary. Uh, Mary's, like I said, like, the original OG <laughs> Chula Vista, <laughs> um, and I'm I'm excited for her that she's going to be able to finally retire.
1: Uh, she's looking forward to. it. Oh my God, she yeah, Anytime like giddy. I talk, yeah, for sure. Good for her. Yeah. I mean, it's been a long career in yeah. politics. You know, it obviously didn't start here in, in, in Chula Vista. She's done many things,
0: yeah. and it's public service. Public right? service. Public service. Correct. Like I mean, this this is no joke. It's 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 tough, but um, yeah. So I love having her. I'm proud to have her support. I have the support of. Many actually, Supervisor Vargas. You know that she's been um, doing some incredible work in our community. Uh, Senate Pro Tim uh, Tony Atkins. Um, I have actually have a lot of um, endorsements, and you can. Find out at zenitaforchulavista. Very nice,
1: <laughs> so, smooth, like yeah, you've done you this before.
0: <laughs> um, but I have a lot, and I'm proud because I I've never been involved in party politics before. And I was telling my husband the other day, it's incredible um, because it, I never I've never done this work thinking like, oh, I better document it because I'm going to use this for when I run for office, right? So I've never thought about any of my work in the sense of how it would benefit me. And this process has been really affirming to me to be like, oh my gosh, wow, I have done all this work in the community that I've never really, um, measured, right? Sometimes
1: it's cool to take a step it's back and see what you've totally done. It's totally
0: cool. It's totally cool. So that, I've had some fun with that. But what's,
1: what's party politics? You dropped that one on me pretty quickly. I was like, whoa, I've never even heard of that. What? Party politics. Yeah. What is that? Yeah.
0: Um, like Republican, uh-huh. Democratic Party. Okay. So like if you're involved in party politics, you're involved in, you know- um, party clubs, the endorsement process. I've certainly um, been a Democrat my entire life. I love walking precincts for candidates that I support because I love going into different communities that I don't live in and trying to imagine like, what would it be like to live in this community? Um, But I've never been involved in that mechanism, right? Um, Other than supporting candidates that I like. um, From
1: the outside looking in, wouldn't it be, I don't know, more, a little bit more suited for the job to be meld within the, the the parties instead of, you know, cause yeah. I, I hear a lot of politicians that I've talked to or city leaders that have come in and it's like, well, I'm Democrat or, or I'm Republican. And I don't want to even know what so-and-so. And I don't even want to think about the and it's like, it just seems like it'd be a little bit more oh, well-rounded if there was like working within the groups, you know?
0: Yeah, I'll tell you, I, you know, when you're not involved, like party politics is kind of a term that mm-hmm. people don't know if they're, unless they're involved, right? Um, I have so enjoyed getting involved in these clubs and, and the Democratic Party here because it's um, people that are anchored in the same values um, that I have. And there's so many, di- there's so much diversity. It's like any organization, because it's an organization, right? So it's like any organization, you're gonna have different ideas on how to do that. You might have the same values, but there's gonna be diversity in how we get to those values. Um, but the one thing that I have loved is meeting people who are so incredibly passionate That they're giving so much of their time, their talent, their treasure into making sure that we have elected officials who understand um, policy from a value perspective. Um, And certainly I'm sure the other party would say us too, right? But regardless, right? Like an organization that can um, organize around values and around how do you leverage these values um, into policies that create... Um, inclusive and welcoming physical geographic communities, right? Um, regional communities, you know, all, I mean, you can go all the way up to the president the pre- level, yeah. right? But policy is not necessarily sexy um, to the to folks who don't care about it, but policy hits everybody's front door. Yep in one way or the other, right? And so it's not everyone's jam, you know, not everyone's gonna get involved in policy. Um, so I'm incredibly thankful for those in the party now that I've like actually have learned and understand how that organization work, who spend the time and the, the effort and their own personal, you know, capital uh, to be able to make sure that people like me who weren't involved had representatives who were thinking of my best interest and my son's best interest and my neighbor's best interest at heart. And, and now I'm actually... I'm there.
1: You're the one. (laughs) I'm the one. It seems like in your your career, you've been groomed to to be the one right now, you know, like all of these past 20 years working with Mr. Padilla and then just kind of being involved in different committees and being part of the nonprofit and your organization for Chula Vista. It seems like all of those things have kind of led you to this moment.
0: Yeah. Are
1: you ready to be mayor?
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. I've uh, again, like the technical part of it, I've been involved in the city for so many years. I've served on commissions. I've, this is all the boring stuff, right? Like served on commissions. I've been on advisory boards. I've been involved in the, in the city's processes. I'm very familiar. Um, I've worked in governance, right? Public institutions. I've led large public. Ins- I'm currently leading a large public institution. I work at Southwestern College for the last six years, right? Uh, 1,500 employees, 27,000 students.
1: Awesome golf events. Awesome! <laughs> <God>. <laughs>
0: uh, it helps our little. Do you have our trophy that we? Can
1: I do. Give? It's yeah. upstairs.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, so for your listeners, you all had a team. We on had a foundation. team.
1: Yeah, we, we didn't culture. win, but I met a lot of cool people. Some people that have established relationships that I still talk to to this day. You guys made it
0: fun too. It was the first year we brought in beer.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Okay, cool. So wait, are you guys going to do that again?
0: (laughs) They have been doing it. Good. Um, Nice. We took a break because of COVID and everything, but I I think they're doing it again this year.
1: It's Um, awesome because you get to meet people from the community, you know, and and it's, it's rad. You know, it's sometimes you just, you want to just run away from. The professionalism of I'm running for mayor or I do this and just, you know, we're golfing, hanging out, having a good time, getting to really know somebody. Yeah. So like I said, some of the people that I met them I'm like, oh, wow, cool. So you do this, you do that. And we still talk.
0: That's the best part of mm-hmm. all of this, actually. I mean, it, we're in my line of business if for the last 20 years. I've got a chance to meet so many people like yourself. And, you know, people's stories fascinate me probably because my story has, is such a part, a big part of who I am. I'm curious about other people's yeah. stories. So getting to know people is great. I lo- love the fact that this journey of running for office has allowed me to meet people I never would have met before.
1: I feel like being a mayor, you have to be a people person. Absolutely. You can't be very standoffish and closed off to people or even people who are gonna not necessarily share the same uh, standpoint as you do, the same view, you know, so good.
0: Yeah, you're <laughs> representing everybody. Yeah, right? You're representing the people that you um, don't agree with. You're still representing them, right? So the
1: people who are running against you. Yes. What is something they might say that you don't agree with? What is something that they might use and say, oh, Zanita can't do it because this, or Zanita can't do it because of that?
0: Yeah, I think probably the argument that I've heard um, the most is that because I'm running for mayor and I've never been in an elected office before. Um, <clears throat> which, is, which is an interesting argument that I would disagree with, um, because if you look at the work in the community I've done... I've done the same type of work in terms of bettering the community. I've probably been able to do it more effectively only because I wasn't an elected official, right? So I didn't have a lot of the political um, layers and nuances that I had to worry about navigating. I just needed to worry about navigating what is it we're trying to do for this community and who are the, the people that need to be on board. And, and I had more freedom, right? Um, not as an elected official. Um, so, so that critique to me really comes from a place of, privilege um in thinking that only certain people um, cool can, kids club. I don't even think it's a cool kid. It's really interesting. But there there's a certain privilege that, you know, only certain people um some assumptions people make um about others um based on lived experience mm-hmm. um based on um who they are, who their families are, how they grew up, um, what kind of resources they have. Um, And I think what we're seeing is kind of a pushback against that privilege uh, nationwide. And um, I'm doing my own pushback um, because uh, when people ask me, why are you running for mayor when you haven't served in office? I say, because I'm not running to be an elected office. That's my goal is not to be an elected official. My goal is to fill a gap. And I think we have a leadership gap. We have a leadership gap. Mary is amazing, but she's leaving us. Mary cares about this community, Time right? To pick you, may not, the torch. Yeah, you may not agree with her, but she cares about this community and she is always thinking about you, right? You as a person, she's thinking about our residents. Um, and I, um, I don't see that. Right. And so for me, um, that this is my little resistance is <laughs> running for office. Um, because I know professionally I'm, I'm an executive leader of, I'm the only candidate actually, who's led two large public institutions, right? In executive leadership role. I I served on Steve's cabinet when he was mayor. Our city was about 250,000 people at that time. Um, I worked across the community. So I know every part of this community. I know the unique issues that each neighborhood has because of the, I got to work with the community. I've spent six years as an executive leader at Southwestern College, which is the largest public institution and the only public institution of higher education here in South County. Mm. That's touched. That's another, right? Kevin Bacon degree of separation. So many people have gone to Southwestern College. We all have
1: had a stint at Southwestern. Oh my
0: God, absolutely. Um, and so, so in terms of experience to be able to navigate large public policy, large bureaucratic administrative um, institutions, to think that just because I haven't served in office, which is elected office, right? You you don't have to have that experience. I'm actually bringing that
1: experience into elected office. Unpopular opinion, maybe from somebody on the outside looking in, is maybe a career politician isn't always the right answer. Maybe well, sometimes we got to dip did from a ask pool. Me you the know? critique of
0: my opponents, what, mm. the, what you're saying yeah. is what I'm hearing at the doors. So I'm cool. walking and I'm talking to voters, and that's exactly what they're saying is this is amazing, like we need fresh yeah. experienced leaders.
1: And my goal- I'm is- all about fresh. I'm all, you know, as a business owner, we, we just had a meeting here a couple of days ago, a little staff meeting. And I was like, we looked around, I was like, you know, people that work here don't necessarily have the background in this industry. You know, my tasting room manager has never worked in this industry and some of the staff that I, I thoroughly enjoy finding people who are, you know, have killer personalities. Somebody you can talk to, somebody who is Easy to connect with, I feel like that is a better building block for what we're doing here than finding somebody who's been in that role. Because I mean, I almost want to have somebody come in here, fresh face, and not knowing what's going on, and they kind of learn what we're doing and yeah. then take it from there. Yeah. You know, I don't want to bring somebody who's been in, in in an industry for over twenty years and then be like, okay, this is what I want to do. There might be a little bit reluctancy to kind of change, and and, and there's some negative pushback. So for me, when I say like maybe a career politician is the answer, like, yeah. I'm not the only one that'll share that view, apparently. Yeah,
0: you're not. (laughs) I'm hearing it a lot, but you're right. You know, it's something that I think you as a business owner um, recognize. Like you can teach people the technical stuff, right? You can teach them how to do things. Um, You can't teach their character them how right. to be a certain character or have a certain value or a certain um interpersonal skills. And right?
1: if you do it might come off a little too coached, a little right. too like forced, a yeah. little like, oh, this is not genuine. Yeah. You know? <laughs>
0: so the great thing in the the reception is, you know, I I do bring that those technical and professional experiences and I can't I'm I'm in it for the community and people know that. People know that not just because I'm meeting them for the first time and I'm telling my story and I'm telling them why I wanna be mayor, but people know it in this community because I've been working with them for the last 20 years on good things um, for this community that cross any kind of like uh, party line or ideology. It really centers and uh, all my work has centered on what is what is right for this community? What can we do together to make this place better. So I love that you have a foundation and you do scholarships, right? So I've raised money for scholarships. I've, I've served on a board to make sure that we have subsidized childcare for low income families. Um, I've raised millions of dollars, um, philanthropy through Southwestern college foundation, which Mm -hmm. again, thank you very much for coming to the golf tournament.
1: Thank you for Um, having us. And hopefully it'll have us back.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, it's so much fun. Um, but to the Chula Vista Foundation as well. And so um, th- that's the kind of work that has always fed my soul. And um, and that's what people know about me. That's When they think about Zanita, who's the Zanita I worked in the community? It's the same Zanita who's running for mayor. It's the Zanita who cares enough to invest her time um, and step out and be a little uncomfortable, um, being (laughs) a little comfortable, learning how to be comfortable being uncomfortable um, in order uh, to make sure that this community stays, the amazing community we were talking about at the very beginning, where people care about each other, people know each other, people feel like family. And in family, you don't always agree, right? You have crazy uncles and aunts and cousins, you're like, oh, that's, you know. Here
1: comes your tia. I know, (laughs) (laughs) but you love them. Oh yeah.
0: And you still work and you still want what's best for them. that's who we are as a community.
1: You kind of touched on what I was going to allude to next. Selfishly, you know, with the podcast, I use it to kind of, you know, data farm and get information. I, I, I've i been open that I don't really know who to vote for. So it's like my vote is on the table,
0: Yeah, you
1: know, and I wanted to use the podcast as a means to kind of have- the candidates sit down, and I reached out to my guy Caesar, and Caesar said, "You know what? Then let's let's talk to Zanita." Yeah. And then I, I've talked to Jill, and she says, "I'll I'll come on there." Yeah. So I w- my plan is to have all of the, the front runners, people who who are going to have an opportunity to call themselves mayor of Chula Vista to come on here and kind of like, hey, woo yeah. me, you That's know. Awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. So on that being said, you kind of touch it. Why should I vote for you? Yeah. You know, yeah. why should I vote for Zanita? Yeah.
0: Well, I think you're going to hear probably. Most of the candidates have some of the same priorities because it's the same community, right? So we need to make sure that we have economic development and recovery post-COVID, right? Uh, We need to do it a little better than we haven't before because we have all these great new um, developments coming up from the Bayfront. We need to make sure that we're connecting. That um, benefit to our entire community. We have this incredible university and in an innovation land um, out on the east um, east side of Chula Vista. Um, I've actually been working on the university project from Southwestern College in the city for the last nice. couple of years. So um, we're working on that. There's a lot of opportunity, um, and the one thing that COVID has taught us is we can be very flexible and innovative, even cities, right? We've can learned be, to dance. We've learned to dance. Um, so that's my priority uh, for our business community. We, there's a lot of things, and I, if I say permitting and processing, you're probably, I see it, like. <laughs> <laughs> right, so. so I've
1: we, had a couple of business owners in the last few shows. You might you might not want to listen to those, or maybe you want to listen I, to those super intently. Yeah. yeah, no, I
0: have. I actually had a, list, a whole listening, set, and it's not anything new I haven't heard over the years, but there's, there are definitely antiquated things that we can streamline. Uh, we can save our businesses time and money, which alone will um, generate more revenue for the city, right? Um, I wanna make sure our communities are safe and livable. Uh, We need to make sure that we are providing path. One of my priorities is pathways to homeownership because I think when you're talking about changing the economic prosperity for a family in generations, um, it comes through homeownership, right? Um, That's where, and I know, I'm the only homeowner in my entire family. My dad still rents an apartment, same apartment for 20 years. But I know the asset that that has provided for my family, not just my family, but all the cousins and nephews and nieces who've come to live with us to get on their feet, uh, the family gatherings that we host because we have that space. It's our space to offer. Um, But yeah, affordable homeownership. We need to make sure our streets are safe. Uh, There's way of really looking at um, how do we allocate our resources? So we're focusing on where are the problems? How many accidents have we heard of? right? Um, in our city, um, racing, <laughs> you know, all of these, um, things that don't provide safe streets. Cause that's what a city is about, right? It's our, our infrastructure, our environment around us. Um, we have, um, a, 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 a need to have more, uh, community voices that represent different neighborhoods, right? So I'd love to be able to start creating some neighborhood councils because we know that one particular group cannot bring the insight that, maybe someone in San Miguel Ranch mm. versus someone in Southwest. Uh, they're just completely different communities, not good or bad, but they have very different needs. And so we need to be able to have bring City Hall to each of those communities and say, these are the decisions we're thinking about that are in your community. Is that a
1: difficult task to bridge the gap between two uh, demographics that are completely different? Like you pin San Miguel Ranch and Southwest, is that a difficult bridge to gap?
0: Well, you're never going to, Bridge it, right? Because they're two different community. There's originally no bridge to say what what is in common uh, in terms of like, this is your need and this is our need. The shared need is people want to feel safe nice. wherever they live, right? They want to be able to, you know- um, comfortably live. And I say comfortably, meaning they should have food, right? They should have access to resources. They should not have to worry about going outside and, um, having a car racing and, you know, crash into somebody. They should be able to feel safe in their community and safety is defined very differently for different folks. I do want to underscore that. Um, um, and and that's the shared, right? I guess if you say if there's a bridge, the bridge is really like what do people in both communities need Common to feel needs. safe, right? Correct. And to feel like um, their community supports them. Um, but they're but they're two different communities with unique needs. And I think the more difficult part, and it's not really difficult. I think it takes um, intentionality and sometimes it's work. And so it's whether or not somebody wants to do the work, um, because you don't have to, right. It's big enough and it's bureaucratic enough that you don't really have to, you can do the checkbox. Um, but it takes work to go out to each community that, you know, might be affected by a decision and say, Hey, let's ask these people what their insight is. Let's ask them for input. Let's not require them to come to this one meeting. <laughs> we talked about this, yep. you know, at this time. But let's at, let's actually go out into that community and get their input. And then we can bring that back to City Hall. That's where the idea of neighborhood councils come from is then you have a group from the community who's who has a um, infrastructure in place uh, to be able to provide direct communication. Uh, to the folks in our community who are making decisions that impact them. So when we talked about policy hitting everyone's front door, yeah, but how do you how does that person, that door, the person who lives behind that door, how do they get their voice on the front end so that when policy hits their front door, it's it's something that actually benefits them and it doesn't surprise them.
1: Quite the tall task for our incoming mayor to be right now. There's so much opportunity. Mary did a great job on growing Third Avenue, growing the J Street Marina project, taking it to finally where it, because we've been from Chula Vista, I've known that project's been out there over a decade, you know, and it seems like now there's some sort of, it's taking a little better shape. You know, it's it's a little bit more more tangible. It's not as abstract. Oh yeah, J Street Marina project. And now it just seems like there's things happening and going on.
0: That's the same with the university site. The university site has been, and people still, they haven't reached the point they're at with the Bayfront Mm -hmm. where they're like, hell yeah. Now we know it's going to happen. Um, With the university site, right? Because it's been talked about. That's always
1: been a thought in the air as well. Oh God, yeah, yeah,
0: 30 years. Um, But what we did at Southwestern College is because we knew our our students can't wait (laughs) for us to get there, right? Um, They need to be able to access uh, four-year education and for public Mm four-year education and public four-year degrees in a way um, that doesn't require them sometimes to be on a trolley for two hours or be on a bus or... I mean, they shouldn't have to drive in uh, traffic, you know, that long to to just get to higher education. And many of our students here in this um, community are place bound, right? They play a role, our students, Southwestern College students, they play a role in the economic, you know, viability of their family, right? So they don't have the time to commute. Um, So one of the things that we did is we actually opened a university center that is going to be... I think the groundbreaking is in 2024, but we're not even waiting for that to open. Like we have, and this is some of the work that I work on is created university partnerships with San Diego State, uh, Point Loma Nazarene, um, National. We're in conversations with UC San Diego to bring four-year academic programs to Southwestern because nice. we have the space, we have the infrastructure. Um, so we can't wait for that, for whatever's gonna happen on the city's land. We had to provide the opportunity now to our students because- Southwestern like, is
1: huge.
0: Oh my God, it's, it's, it's enormous. It's
1: huge. From the moments that I've been there when well, like 20 something years ago to what it is now, I'm like, oh my God. And it it's, it it's looks like a legit change. university. Just yeah. like if you walk on that campus, like, oh man, this is a big spread here. Yeah.
0: Have you been to the new performing arts?
1: I have not. It? I drive by it on the regular every it's day, actually to UPS. It? But yeah. yeah, just from the outside, the facade, the build out, everything's like, oh wow, this is beautiful. Yeah. This I'll, is a legit uh, place.
0: The, the, uni- the college has been kind of like a community anchor. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you talk to people, like they've either gone to Southwestern College yeah. or they know and and the ability that that college has, has had to change people's lives. we hear it all the time. If it wasn't for, the fact Southwestern College, I wouldn't be here, right? I wouldn't have been able to transfer. And and our new president, um, who you should have on here actually. Oh,
1: all right, let's see. who's.
0: He was born in Barrio Logan, uh, went to Southwestern College, graduated and is now back as president. So I won't steal his thunder because you should have him. He has a great story to hear. Um, but that's, that again, is indicative and reflective of who we are as a community. Like we all want to come back. You wanted to come back, right? And opened up your business here. There's so many business owners on Third Avenue who are coming back? Yeah, they grew up here.
1: And the majority—that's what I think is cool. Like the majority of people on Third Avenue who own their own business. They're from Chula Vista. Yeah. You know, they're yeah. from—at the very least—they're from the South Bay, yeah. South San Diego. So it's like you, you get a group of people who have the the same vision. Get them to work together. It's that's why I feel Third Avenue successful. That's why I feel like the next person who who gets to call themselves mayor of Chula Vista. There's, a, there's gonna be a lot of opportunity for growth for, from that's that spot moving on.
0: And, and my belief and the reason why I wanna run is because I wanna make sure that that person, their intention mm. is here with our community, right? Um, I have no higher as aspirations. Um, I want to fill a gap.
1: It's not a stepping stone for nope. you. This nope. is it. This is what you saw needed the most attention. You wanted to be that person. Awesome.
0: And I want to make sure that there are people behind me, mm. right? So making opportunities for other folks like me who, you know, maybe haven't served in office, but like you said, are incredibly um, capable, intelligent, and, and uh, passionate about our city. How do we start creating pathways for them to see themselves yeah. in leadership? A lot of times if you don't see yourself in leadership or people who look like you or who um, represent who you are, you, won't, you discount that I could ever do that. Because
1: yeah, right? at the core of what we do here for the foundation and for the podcast is getting people who look like us who are successful in their field, and in their industry and being, hey, man, how'd you get there? Like, what did you do? To get to where you are. How did you become a, a, a trademark copyright lawyer? Yeah. You know, how did you become a musician? How did you become a lieutenant in the police department? How did you become mayor?
0: Yeah. You know,
1: show us the the, the blueprint. Because that's what we can see, 150 entrepreneurs. But if one of those entrepreneurs looks like us, it's like, hey man, how'd you do it? Like yeah. was there like special loans that you did? Or what are the opportunities? What are the options? How do I get there? And you'd be surprised when somebody like yourself sits down across from me and starts telling me, people say, Hey man, thanks. I've always was curious about this, that, or the other, and I never knew how to do it. But now that you had somebody on there, it just makes it a little bit... It seems a little bit more realistic, you yeah. know. You take something from like a, a thought cloud and you, you put it in front of you, and it's like, "Oh, I can do that." Yeah, and you especially know? if
0: it's somebody who also shares a lived experience with mm-hmm. you, right? So, like, I like I tell people, you know, I well, I was troubled as a kid. I lived on the streets at thirteen because I had a really tough childhood. I dropped out of high school at sixteen. Um, I experienced all the stuff you'd imagine a thirteen-year-old living on the tr- street experience. Um, And I was a high school dropout, but look at me now. I graduated from college, I have my master's, I'm halfway through a doctorate program. Um, You, all of us, have the potential, if we have the right, I didn't do this alone. I had people around me who believed in me. I had people around me who saw potential I didn't see at that moment in my life. And, And we have a responsibility, people like you and I, who have been given opportunity, we have a responsibility to create that opportunity And you can do that as a public servant in elected office. And I think that's another thing we have to do is kind of dispel this caricature that sometimes people have of politicians, right? Uh, That, that will keep people like me for 20 years from ever even considering running. It's a tall task though. I'm not, I don't want to be that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I don't want to be a politician, Um, but we can do it. It's a tall task. It's a tall task. It is a tall task. And it's probably not going to happen in eight years. Mm. uh, Like if I get elected in the two terms, Um, but that's why it's so important to start building that pipeline. Um, And that's what I'm committed to. I'm committed to building people, a pipeline for people who are passionate about this community who have the capability to be leaders and helping them be leaders so that by the time, you know, I finish my second term in office, I'm not, nobody's in the position that I was in where they're like sitting at home with their family for a year thinking, is this worth doing? It's
1: a lot of time to game plan. (laughs) You had a lot of opportunities to ultimately say, you know what? No, I don't think so. And I'm pretty sure there was, I'm pretty sure there was a time where you're like, you know what, forget it. This is a horrible idea. I don't want to do it. Steve,
0: it was ugly. It's why I did it in private.
1: I I don't doubt it. (laughs) So we're looking at a November.
0: No, we're looking at a June primary.
1: June primary. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: So it's the top two, mm-hmm. the top two vote getters. Um, we'll go to the general election. There's a lot of people in the race. Uh, I think there is a total of maybe six or seven people. Cause it's an open seat, right? Okay. Um, six or seven people in the race. So it is going to be, it's going to be a tough climb for all of us, right? Cause we're all kind of splitting the votes. Um, but, hey, when when you're in it, you're in it, right? And I I am um, so loving this community and loving this journey. And it's a win for me either way, but it's gonna be a
1: win. Nice. (laughs) Ultimately, you know, excluding yourself, who do you see at the top three people ultimately- progressing in, past the yeah, primaries.
0: Yeah, you know, I think, um, so this is where it gets a little bit more partisan, right? Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. these are nonpartisan, so it's not supposed to be partisan because seriously, like whether you're Republican or Democrat, if there's a pothole on your street, you're going to be pissed off. Yeah, and say, for sure. Fix this pothole. Yeah. <laughs> um, but- <laughs> that's not a
1: Republican or a Democratic <laughs> no, issue. That's no, a, that's, my tires are going to get screwed exactly, up issue.
0: Exactly. Um, but when it comes to voting, there's a whole science behind it. And so I get it. So we do only have one Republican, who is in the race. So uh, I would imagine he's going to get one of the top two slots, right? Okay. Because even though it's nonpartisan, um, people are voting more partisan than ever, right? I mean, that's kind of the divisive. That's where it is, yeah. Um, and then there's, I don't know, five or six of us um, who are Democrats. Um, and so I think it, it the second spot, spot will be one of us. I think it'll be me. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you talk to anyone else, they'll probably say they think it'll be them. <laughs> For sure. Um, but I do think it'll be me. I mean, I've, I've, one thing that, and you'll know this because you grew up here uh, Chula Vista wants to know that. The people that they are lead that, that are leading them have done the work in the community. They yeah. they want to know I, I know that person, I see what they've done, um, and I have that track record. The the hill to climb will be because I've not been in elected office, not because I'm not qualified, but I have to be able to get my story out. I need to be able to talk and touch to the voters who aren't in the know, mm-hmm. right? Um, um, and so so that's where fundraising comes in, right? That's where walking doors come in. Um but I know, and it's been affirmed each time I talk to somebody when they hear the work that I've done for 20 years in the community. And then you couple that with the experience that I'm bringing, it, it really changes the game because it hasn't been working, right? I mean, people love where we're going. Um, but people want to see new types of leaders, um, in, in, in elected office or anywhere. I mean, you're seeing that nationally, right? People, they're, they're pushing, uh, they've raised the bar and on, on the expectations they have of
1: More people years. are paying attention.
0: Absolutely. And you can't be afraid of that.
1: COVID gave us an opportunity to yeah. legitimately sit back, assess and yes. reprioritize things. And I feel like politics, my wife, I use wifey as an example, always oh, she could care less before. Yeah. But I, I feel like now it's like, oh, well, this is, going, what's going on, what? So we've sat down and we looked over the ballots in the past and like, this is uh, okay, okay, oh well, yeah, so we, it's a thing now. Before it would just kind of like be me, I'm like, all right, I know this is going to affect me us in this way. I know this. So now it's a more collect and I'm happy for that. Oh
0: my God. I'm such a nerd. Cause that makes me so excited.
1: <laughs> and, and, and I think it, it should be more common practice. It should yes. be something that people like, you know, what are we having for dinner? Yeah. Hey, this measure, measure A is on the ballot to year. what do we think? Yeah. How will it affect it? Do we need more funding for police officers and fire yeah. department, first line rep, uh, representatives? Those are the conversations that I'm yeah. happy now. I mean, if it, I'm a weenie. I do like to look at, at the positives in things to the point where people are like, "All right, dude, eternal oh optimist, God. like, chill out." No. You know, it's don't but out.
0: we need more of you.
1: <laughs> but I'm like, okay, even from negativity, you know, like a COVID situation, the pandemic, I'm grateful that it gave a lot of people an opportunity to kind of like reassess yourself, prioritize what really matters. Yeah, voting for a president really matters, but guess what matters more? Voted for a local official. Yes. Voted for somebody who is. Literally sitting down writing policy that will affect your kids, your kids' school, yeah, the food you eat, the businesses that are allowed to open, you know what kind of infrastructure is getting fixed or put into play, yeah, you know the vast uh, economical difference, economic differences in schools on the west side and schools on the east side. Why does that exist? So these are more questions that we sit down like, okay. Who's going to tackle these? Yeah, Who, and, who's legitimately going gonna- to? Your local
0: elected leaders—they can't do it without yep. you, yeah. right? And so when there's a when there's a, a vacuum, right, and and the public isn't engaged and they're not participating, then you have local leaders, which you know that's what they signed up for and that's what they agreed to do. But making policies again that hit your front door without the perspective of how it could possibly negatively, yeah. actually, or benefit, you know, and so the public is so much more critically needed, I think, when it comes to local um governance. Mm-hmm. And and that's the part that, you know, I think the challenges the public hasn't felt like they've been part of that. Um some
1: it's think, here now. But it's here. It's here now. Right? It's, you know, I mean absolutely gone there. are the days that where it's it's strictly sports being talked at our house. Now there's a man, there's so many things being talked about and when I go to like my parents' house for dinner or whatever, it's like, okay, cool. Like I, I'm about it, you know. Yeah, I love
0: those conversations. You know, I love the
1: Padres, you know. <laughs> I, I I love baseball. I love other things, but yeah. Now it's like, oh, what about this? What do you yeah. you run the business and you? I know these officials go and I know this city government goes yeah. and I know this police officer. I know that fire department guy goes in there. What do you guys? It's like so that makes me happy that more people are paying attention. I love it. You have to pay attention. You have a very busy schedule from here to June. Yeah, it's going to be very overwhelming. Um, oh my god! I, what does very- that look like?
0: It is kind of crazy. I'm a compartmentalizer, which is really good. And I have to be um, because I have a full-time job. Mm -hmm. You know, that's a bigger full-time job um, than a 40-hour week. Um, So I do have to be very careful in terms of just not getting overwhelmed, not allowing myself to get overwhelmed, like planning my days accordingly. Um, I have great support from my um, job where I can flex my lunch hours, you know, so I can do stuff like this. Um, um, But it's really about when I feel overwhelmed, I'll have a conversation like this with somebody and I'll remember why I'm doing this. Um, and that's what it comes down to. And I think no matter how busy you are and you know this as a business leader and I'm sure a lot of your listeners know this, you will prioritize and make time for things that are important. And And this is important to me. It's important to me um, because um, of what um, I see the need in our community is. It's important to me to show people that you don't have to um, look a certain way or come from a certain pedigree, or be involved in a certain way that you're told you need to be involved to actually bring something to the table that a lot of the workers that are working in this community and doing their own sweat equity um, and investing in creating these incredible um, changes in our community and serving our community outside of a political role can absolutely make that transition right, and should be considering making that transition because that's what we need in our elected officials. We need people who are rooted, right? They're doing it for the right reasons. They're rooted in the community. They're rooted in experiences in the community. They know personally and they've shared lived experiences with the people they're representing. That is so important when it comes to policy because the truth of the matter is there's no way you're going to get everybody's input, right? There's just no way. It's 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 That's the big- <laughs>
1: <laughs> Just thinking about it is a little overwhelming. It's, it's like, oh man. It's certainly
0: overwhelming. You can do better, um, but you're never going to be able to do it all. So you need to know and trust that your leaders who are in office understand who you are, understand the different experiences that you've had, your neighbors have had, your family has had, and that they're also accessible. So if you can, you know, connect, you can. But but you have faith in them as a person, right? In their ability, in their beliefs, and their core values, that they are gonna make the right decisions that are best for
1: everyone in the community. Zanita Encarnacion. Thank you for popping in. Yeah. And giving us the opportunity to get to know you and listen to your story and your vision on what you have going forward here as potential. Mayor of That's our right. fair city, Chula Vista. I look forward for the few months that come up ahead. Oh my God. I want to see what happens. I want to <laughs> see how this this whole tale unfolds itself. Oh my God. We'll be paying close attention here.
0: It'll be an adventure for you sure. You
1: know what? Some of my business friends, you know, they, they asked me, it's like, oh man, you're going to have this person on? You're going to have that person on? Are you going to have this person on? It's like, I'm going to have anybody who's willing to come yeah. on here and talk about why yeah. they want to be mayor. This is an open platform for all of them. Mm-hmm. Ms. Yep. Jill... Mr. McCann, everybody, yep. whoever, it doesn't matter if, if you're blue or if you're red, it doesn't make, come on in, share it. Cause I mean, you know what, as much as I try to downplay how our podcast is and the reach it has, people are listening, well, at least you. here in Chula Vista and South San Diego. And it's,
0: yeah, no, thank you for this um, platform. I mean, that's exactly what civic engagement and civic participation is about. It's hearing different opinions, different views. Um, and you are playing a role in that by just providing the microphone, right. Um, And allowing people to have access where they might not have had access. So thank you for what you're doing.
1: Exciting times ahead. Uh, Stay safe. And we look forward to seeing you very soon.
0: Okay. Sounds good.